Hey, let's take a quick break to tell you about our sponsor. You know, finding a service solution that keeps your customers happy can feel impossible. Like trying to remember the name of that guy you literally just met at that networking event. And HubSpot Service Hub can help. So with the service solution part, at least it makes it easy. It brings service and success together on one powerful platform. With an AI-powered help desk and a chatbot to handle your frontline tickets so you could scale support and drive retention and revenue. Visit HubSpot.com slash service to learn more. I feel like I can rule the world. I know I could be what I want to. I put my all in it like no days off. On the road, let's travel, never looking back. All right, we live? Yep. All right, we have Alex on the pod just for a minute. Alex works with our advertisers and stuff like that. Okay, so Sean, this morning we had like this thing we do crew review where we like do a company update. And I got a big shout out because apparently Square loved the ad read. Okay. And they gave me all the credit. It said Sam did the best ad read. <laughs> and I like everyone was like congratulating me. And I have a confession. So by the way, today we had our crowd. That was our sponsor today. Or, or if you're just starting the podcast, you'll hear them in like 10 or 15 minutes. So check them out. But in the future, we're going to have Square as an advertiser. Sean did all the reads for it yesterday, <laughs> and I got all the credit. So I just wanted to come clean. I didn't I didn't do it. You did. <laughs> Wait, so they shouted you out where? The, the Square shouted you out somewhere? They like told Alex, who right? What did they say, Alex? Yeah, yeah. So I got an email from them or from the agency that they work with, and they just said, this is the best ad read we've had ever out of all the podcasts that we've run. So they're super excited about it. And I Excellent. think triple our prices. I know that's all that means. <laughs> I think, unfortunately, our internal teams just assumed that Sam recorded it. I didn't that, that's not the case. I did not correct me anyone. and Sam are one. It doesn't matter who <laughs> says what. So, Alex, thank you for. Uh, I, um, I'm sorry I didn't spill the beans earlier, and uh, it wasn't me though. <laughs> that's Dude. okay. We'll, we'll give Sean a shout out in our next crew review. Yes, but uh, I wanted to come clean live so they could everyone could hear the the truth. What is this word you're saying that you guys do a career view? What is that? Crew, crew review. Like a, a we have this review. our whole okay. company is like pirate shipped themed. Like we, so it's like there's like I don't know. I just I said a long time ago that we're a pirate ship, and every email that we collect has like a little bit of wind in our sails, and uh, it kind of like, like someone ran with it. I don't know who ran with it, but someone and when you get did. fired, you have to walk the plank. We sh yeah, we should do that. But like, so we've had, we have pirate shipped themed meetings. It's just a fun thing. Anyway, Alex, thank you for filling us in. Tell Square and, and by the way, our crowd that uh, we're, we're happy they sponsored us. And if you're just now listening to this, you're only like two minutes into the podcast. <laughs> when's the ad, when's the advertisement come in at 10 minutes or 15 minutes? Somewhere, somewhere there. All right, so keep listening to the 15-minute mark, and you'll see exactly what we're talking about. You'll hear Sean with his wonderful ad reads. Great. All right, thank you, Alex. You can click X. We appreciate it. <laughs> All right, bye. Okay, Sam, uh, people want to know, where are you in the world now? You're in, you're in New York? Is that the latest stop? Brooklyn? Okay, so as of right now, I am currently sitting in a brownstone that I rented. Um, and I'm in, where am I? I'm in Cobble Hill. It's like a nice neighborhood in Brooklyn. And I've already been stopped by two or three times, two or three times. I've only been here since Saturday of listeners of the podcast. So uh, that's amazing. They stop you on the street. Yeah. 
Wow. And dude, the um I guess I'll tell the story. So the uh, he doesn't know I know this. I hope he's not listening. But the guy so I went and rented a, a house a few days ago and the owner was like, Wait, are you Sam Parr from the hustle and the pocket? And I was like, Yeah, what's going on, man? How are you? And I and he's like this baller guy, and I went and Googled him and it's Tyra Banks's old boyfriend. And I was like, <laughs> the reason that's important to me is that was like my my uh she was like the number one in my life as right. as a teen. <laughs> yeah. So but anyway, uh I'm currently in um Cobble Hill, Brooklyn. It's pretty cool. Okay, I like it. Do you like immediately Zillow any house you're in that you rent to be like how much would this house be to buy? Yeah, this house that I'm in now. So my budget throughout this whole experience is going to be 4k a month. Okay. But be- because I stayed in St. Louis and because I stayed with family for a month, it's like my budget can double for the next month. So for the month of for the next couple of months cuz I'm going to move to Texas for a bit, I'm like kind of balling out and spending like 8k a month, 10k a month. So I'm I'm in these like 5 million dollar single family homes, which is pretty baller in Brooklyn and 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 it's great. And does it make you want to live in a baller place or are you like, oh, you know what? It doesn't actually matter. The, you know, the, the small place and the big place, they're all kind of the same. No. So it matters. So the layout matters more than the size. But I think for a couple with me and Sarah, I think tw- uh, 2,000 square feet is like the sweet spot. I don't need anything more because it just gets messy. But what's essential is a front porch. That is like the most fun I've had is just sitting on the front porch and saying hi to people. I saw you say that. I was like, don't you need to be like a smoker or something to like, what do you do on the porch? <laughs> well, I have a dog. So we just sit there and I work. But having okay, a front porch, you're on your laptop. Having a front porch is awesome. And another thing that's awesome that people like to hear, owning nothing is sick. Dude, it's so fun. <laughs> I love like, how you said I, that people like to hear because people love to hear that shit. People love to hear about how minimal you live. Uh, they love that. It's sick, man. I only own... So I have two bags of clothes. And then Sarah has a couple bags. I'm going to reduce it to one bag, like a, a one carry-on. That's really all I need. And then I have a coat and I'm good to go. But I like, I went and I splurged and got a ton of Lululemon stuff. And I'm like, I can wear that for every occasion. Right. <laughs> but uh, man, it's wonderful not owning anything. I have so much less stress. Yeah, I agree with you. I uh, The one thing that gives me the most stress that I own is a car. And I feel like a car is like probably the worst fucking thing you can buy. Like, you know, and I did the worst way possible. I went with my wife and we just, I wanted to buy a car like that day and get it over with. So we just went to a dealership. We went to four dealerships. We were like, okay, let's test drive BMW, Audi, Porsche, and whatever else. And let's just pick one and let's buy it. And so we just bought a new car off a dealership, which is like the ultimate sucker move. And then we drove it off the lot, lost half its value. Um, You bought it brand new? Yeah. And then, you know, in, oh in general, just decided like, um, I'm gonna like, you know, I'm gonna not care about this car. So I basically, although I bought a car that was a like kind of a nice car, I decided the stress is not worth it. So I just treat it like it's a piece of shit car that I don't have to worry about. Like, I don't care if it gets scuffed. Didn't you pay 80 grand for it or something? I did, but I it, the the I didn't want to double the mistake by then stressing out about an expensive car. So in my mind, I treat it like it's a it's a free car that's not mine. It's my neighbor's car that I could just don't have to worry about it no matter what the situation is. So it, like the mirrors cracked, the mirrors cracked, and I'm like, whatever, who cares? I, I I have no no sweat. That stresses me out. How are your immigrant parents not like kicking your ass about that? Um, they do. They're just like, this is crazy. Why are you so irresponsible with how you spend money? Because I'll just spend money like crazy. Like I'll order 
all kinds of shit. I'll buy buy stuff online. I order food. Like I'll order gro- like three hundred dollars of groceries for Whole Foods, and then I'll like DoorDash while it's on its way because I don't want to wait for it. You know, like I'm just like I want a meal too. And so they just view me as like kind of like a crazy irrational kid, but they also see like how much money I make. And so they're like, okay, whatever, I guess it's working for you. And so my mom has now like backed off and my dad has like given up. He's just like, you're ridiculous. And I don't want to be a part of it. And you were, you've been like this though for years and you haven't been making money for years. Right. I mean, for a long time you were just like normal. Like, yeah, but I, I really stepped it up and I'm real blatant about it now. Like I'll buy something and then it doesn't work and I'll not return it. I'm like, I don't want to deal with it. And so that like, you know, so, so I've definitely like, just like, taking some liberties now that I wasn't taking five years ago. But yeah, I've always been more like, I'd rather learn how to make more money. I'd rather focus on making more money than saving money at any given time of my life. And now I'm just more disrespectful about it towards money. That's funny. That's I'm we're not cut from the same cloth at all. I I'm not like you at all. I'll give you a Um, quick, quick trainer story. My trainer, uh, we were talking about this and he was like, uh, he's like, oh, dude, um, he's like, on the way over here, I stopped, got food from Chipotle, and I came out, and I noticed that I had, like, a little nick on my car. He's like, and this used to drive me crazy. Like, oh, my God, I parked, and somebody nicked my car and ran away. And he was like, this would have this would have been like, you didn't just nick my car. Like, you lick, you nicked my whole fucking life, bro. And, like, I'm, my whole day is ruined. I'm pissed. I'm, like, he's like, I used to have, like, road rage. If somebody, like, cut me off or whatever, I'd, like follow them down and like we're gonna have a conversation about this and um he's like you know now i've basically like gone through this strategy like he's like i won't let anybody nick my whole life and so now i think about that whenever like you know some shit goes wrong it's like okay i get like 90 seconds to be pissed and then i'm I'm done being pissed that's great i agree with that but then if you're gonna do that also consider buying a twenty thousand dollar used minivan Yes, that's for sure. That's the sm- again. I'm not saying my way was smart. I'm saying my way was dumb, but I didn't double down on my mistake. I should have done it smart way. But hey, the good thing is there's this tax law that basically because I use this car for business, and so I bought a. I, I looked at this ahead of time, which is if you buy this car that's like a heavy commercial vehicle over whatever it is six thousand pounds, then uh, if it classifies as a commercial vehicle and can pretty much be completely written off for, for your business, and so um, so. That saved me a lot of money because I had enough write-offs. I had enough income to to, to deduct against. That um, let me tell you one more story before we get into it. Is uh, I met up. Did I say this last time? I don't think I did. I met up with Ty Lopez the other day. You did talk about this. You I said did. He was cool. Yeah, you uh, said you went and grabbed a drink or something like that, and he was cool. Uh, yeah, I I uh, I, did, I did, couldn't remember if I brought that up. Anyway, then fine. It's not interesting. But I feel like there's more interest. Like you didn't just meet up with Ty Lopez for a couple hours and not have a little nugget to share. So give us a nugget. What what happened? Um, he taught me a lot about hiring because I was like, how do I hire executives? Because like he, you know, we have a couple friends who do this and they buy companies and they install CEOs. And for some reason, all of our friends who do this dismiss it like, oh yeah, you just hire like someone. It's easy. And right? Like, <laughs> yeah, it's like it's simple, but it's not easy. And he did the same thing, and I was like, dude, I like you're not. Like, tell me about your interview process. Like, they just, like, like seem very stress-free and, like, oh, you beep, bop, boop, you just do it. Like, and so he <laughs> taught me about it. And he was, what did he say? He goes, there's three things that he likes to do. One, he does an IQ test. So, he, like, he wants, for certain roles, you have to be of a certain IQ. Two, Hilarious. he does trial. Yeah, two, he does trials. Like, everyone gets a trial. Like, he pays them as a consultant. And he'll, we'll hire multiple people and just throw them in. And so, he wants to work with them before he hires them. And three, what's the third one? 
I wrote it down. Uh, trials consultants. Um, oh, he, when he interviews for the uh, one role, he makes sure he asks the exact same questions every single time, and it's a very planned set of questions. It's not like just shooting the shit in the interview. Right. I make yeah. I do that all the time. I I've never like done an interview properly. So he taught me a lot about that. So that was cool. Um, um, he was telling me about the Pier One and Models acquisitions, and it just like sounds like great deals. Uh, if what he, if assuming what he says is true, which I have no idea. Um, we we I don't I'm not gonna say actually which hotel it was a nice hotel, so I got to go up and hang out with them. I don't know. It was cool. <laughs> okay, sweet. We'll leave the story at he, that. You went up to his he, hotel room. He, All right, great. He, he he says that he gets. He told me he gets recognized like walking down the street in New York, like constantly to the point of like he has a bodyguard. Yeah, that's cool. I can imagine that. Uh, I by the way, when I say that's cool, I mean that's fucking annoying. That must suck. Um, okay, so what what do we got for ideas? We we kind of bullshitted around for a little bit. So what do you want to talk about? What's interesting? Let's talk about the nurse shoes because I actually had multiple people talk to me about it. Yeah, so so Jim Huffman, Jim W. Huffman on Twitter, uh, sent us something pretty cool that I liked. So ex-Nike guy decided to come out and make shoes for nurses. And they are good looking. I like them a lot. Um, it's called Bala, B-A-L-A. And they're premium nursing shoes. And so you can see they have like a shit ton of foot support because nurses are like on their feet all day. And that's why a lot of doctors wear these like crazy clog looking things. Um, and same for people in restaurant kitchens and whatnot. But um, he said he did 750000 in sales in five days launching this campaign. If you go to the website, it's like a pretty sick looking website. I kind of love this idea. I think this is a, it's a great idea. I've been pretty into whoever's going to build the brand around uh, like uh, medical wear. So I looked at um, cool looking medical scrubs that are like fitted instead of super loose or have designs on them rather than just being plain blue. Um, and this is like a new, this is a different angle, which is um, shoes. So what, what do you think of this idea? I think it's kind of yeah, awesome. Yeah, I'm pulling it up. Was it a Kickstarter or something? Like, can you see the live fails? I thought, so I thought when Jim sent it to us, he was saying they did 750000 in, in, in their Kickstarter campaign. But um, I went to, there's no Kickstarter for it. So I think he meant they launched this uh, YouTube, like this ad campaign, basically. And so there's a YouTube video that he sent over that, I guess, is how they announced themselves to the world. So uh, I'm pulling it up now. I think it's awesome. I think it's badass. So there's another company that made scrubs. We talked about them, right? We've, I think we've talked about them before. What's their name again? Do you remember? I don't know. Abreu, can you maybe find it? It's a, They're a, doing well, like $100 million like a, a year. Yeah, north of $100 million. So it's a scrubs startup. I don't know if I Google that one. Is it called Figs? I yeah. think it is Figs. Yeah, that's right. Figs. A great idea. Okay, so I love. I I looked at the shoes. They look fine. They they look cool enough that I would buy them if I was a nurse. Right. Uh, I don't know if they're groundbreaking. Probably not, but cool enough. I love this. Uh, okay, so according to Figs, a five year old. This is from the Wall Street Journal. Figs is a five year old startup that's upending upending the medical apparel industry with direct consumer scrubs and mash and splashy marketing campaigns this year is on track to make 100 million in revenue and that was in 2018 so they probably crushed it this year this week's episode is brought to you by our crowd do you wish you were early in some of the best performing ipos of 2019 and 2020 with our crowd accredited investors have access to invest directly easily and most importantly 
early. Our crowd investors have benefited from our crowd companies IPOing like Beyond Meat or being bought by companies like Intel, Nike, Microsoft, and Oracle. What makes our crowd different is that they have in-depth due diligence, which includes meeting with management teams and doing comprehensive vetting of the deals that they decide to make as part of the portfolio. And if they've selected a deal, then accredited investors get an opportunity to invest alongside them at the same terms. If you're an accredited investor, you can join our crowd for free at O-U-R-C-R-O-W-D.com slash the hustle. And you can review the deals. No payment is involved until you decide to participate. So today you can join our crowd's investment in Mimic. Mimic explains that their tiny robots allow surgeons to be less invasive and safely perform gynecological surgery so women heal faster and have less scarring. Mimic is a much needed innovation in the rapidly growing multi-billion dollar robotic surgery market. You can get in early on Mimic and other opportunities at ourcrowd.com slash the hustle. If you're in investing, you need to join our crowd. The our crowd account is free. Just go to o u r c r o w d dot com slash the hustle. Love it, love it, love it, love it. I think that's a great move. I think this shoes are a little bit more challenging. I think um I had a uh where did I, I went to a holiday party at a shoe company and they had like a shoe startup. I'm like I won't say who it is, but it's a popular one. They a popular startup that sold shoes. Adams. And I went. To, I'm not gonna say Alberts. At, I'm. Uh, if I went to their holiday party, I live in San Francisco. That should narrow it down. But I, I, um, on their board was like their return rate and their metrics. And I think the like what they would do is take like let's say they make a hundred dollars in revenue, they would discount it by I think thirty to thirty three percent, and then it would say like expected revenue. And I was like, what's that percentage? And they go, that's how much returns we're gonna we expect. And so that's super which, high. Yeah, it's crazy high. And with shoes, shoes are the hardest thing maybe to buy. Probably pants for men and shoes are probably like two of the harder things to sell online. So I think it's a cool thing. He just has to nail the fit, like making sure that it fits exactly. Why are shoes hard to sell online? I feel like shoes are easy to sell online because... No, dude. Look at Zappos. Like Shoes are the hardest thing. I mean, there's a lot of different categories and and types, which is great, but it's all about sizing. Like Whenever I order shoes, I order a 10 and a half and an 11 and I send one back. Because sizes... like Okay, all clothes need sizes. And I feel like shoes is the one standard size, whereas like a large for Nike might be a totally different thing for Under Armour, which might be a totally different thing for Lululemon. And whereas like a size nine shoe is meant to be a certain length and um, it's supposed to be more true to the number. So I, I would have thought the opposite. But OK, who cares about that? We don't, I don't know. Fuck it. Um, what's interesting to me is if you go to Figs, these guys are selling these scrubs for thirty eight to forty six dollars. And you're going to buy a bunch, right? Because you need scrubs for every day that you go to work. So once you decide to opt into this like life of better looking scrubs, you're going to probably end up spending, I would guess something like $500 at Figs. Whereas for Bala, $130 shoes, um, you're probably not going to buy as many pairs of uh, pairs of these as you do your scrubs. So I think that's kind of one natural limit that these guys have on this. Yeah, it, I'm looking at Figs right now. Their website's freaking awesome. I mean, it makes you like kind of want to become a nurse. Yeah, um, seriously. The for, the homepage. If you go to wearebala.com, have you seen that? Like this woman yeah. walking out of these doors. Like, I want to walk out of every door like that. This is a, this is a great little landing page. You could tell yeah. this guy worked at Nike. Yeah, and Figs is really cool too. So I love this business. Um, did they raise money or is it just a? Bootstrapped uh, it's bootstrapped. I, I kind of reached out to be like, yo, what's the what's the deal? What else is like this? What other markets are like nurses, right? So nurses, nurses is like huge workforce plus unique needs. Um, is there another one that's like this that that you could oil do workers, things? oil workers, and it might be like jeans or it might be boots or it might be something like that. 
Yeah, oil workers are quite... Okay, so there's uh, not quite the same. There's 2.8 million nurses in America. There's probably only half a million oil workers. But oil workers are interesting because the um, for nurses, the barrier to entry is somewhat high, but it's obviously less than a doctor. Oil workers, the barrier to entry to become an oil worker is definitely like... it's. I have to come up with like a ratio of like how many jobs there are multiplied by barrier to entry to get that job multiplied by the income that they pay you. Do you know what I mean? Right. And like oil workers is like one of those unique ones where it's like you can make 80 to 90 to 100 grand a year without being, you know, for your d- education. Um, so oil workers is interesting. What's another interesting one? Um, I was thinking of restaurant like workers because I, I remember when I worked in a restaurant, uh, literally the line cook guy was like, yo, you need to get these shoes. Cause I was like dying. You're just standing for 16 hours straight. And you're just, you can't sit down. There's no sitting down in a kitchen. And he's like, oh, he's like, we have these mats on the floor that are these like special mats. And they just used to buy the hospital shit. They're like, yeah, this is for surgeons to stand on. And so we stand on these. And like these shoes, these are like doctor shoes, doctor's clogs. I forgot what they were called. They're like, there's some specific brand. They're like $250 shoes. Uh, But he's like, you need these. Otherwise you can't last in this business. I agree. That's a great idea. And what I would do with the branding until I saw this, when I saw this nurses thing, I'm like, oh. You can make that cool. As I would have this, like, because restaurant workers are slightly more masculine and slightly more edgy. Like, because, like, yep. you know, when you go to a restaurant, after you get done working at a restaurant at 2 a.m., you just want to get fucked up, right? Like, with your coworkers. <laughs> that's like, exactly what they do. Yes. That's what we would do when I worked at a restaurant. And so um, I would say restaurant workers are interesting. I would have this Anthony Bourdain ish look, uh, yeah. look. I think that could be cool. Uh, that would be a good, great one. Uh, what else is interesting? Mm, I don't know, but that's a good idea. I'll tell you something a little bit similar. So lo- long story short, this company, uh, Bala, so into it. Go to the website, check it out. I really like that. Another thing that I've been thinking about is, well, there's um, this company called RigUp. Do you know RigUp? Uh, we've, t- we've talked about it before. I don't know it well, but I just know they crush it. That's the only thing I know about it. So what they're probably valued at $3 billion. They've raised a lot of money from Idris and Horowitz, which is a signal, but not necessarily. It means that it's great. It's kind of to be determined. But I believe they make money by like they have like resources for oil workers. Are you going on the website? You can tell me what they do. I think it's yeah. like they have job listings, but then they also help with payroll, right? What do they do with oil workers? So I thought they were a, a job like a, I thought they were kind of like a, a, a marketplace for, for jobs, but it looks like they do a lot. So uh, solutions. So they have... I think they're basically building a network of like vendors, workers, and um, like hirers or employers um, that do that does everything. So it's like this is a way to hire, this is a way to do safety, this is a way to do um, like the kind of paperwork of onboarding all these all these workers. I think it's trying to do all the things. Yeah, and I love that business. And I was thinking that you should. I would want to do this for nurses, particularly travel nursing. Do you know what travel nurses are? No. What is that? So um, uh, someone who's in the field is probably going to say I'm butchering it, but there's a uh, hospitals uh, like small town hospitals or even big cities like it fluctuates the amount of demand that they have for a nurse. And so travel nurses will go from city to city to city and you live someplace for a month or three months at a time and you work at that hospital and they pay you a a higher rate because you're like uh you know like a mercenary or like a like a navy seal you hop in and do your thing and right. you can bounce 
Um, so I, I think that that would be an interesting market to satisfy for create, with using this rig up model. And then the other one is truckers. I was l- listening to this thing, Planet Money, I think it was. Uh, and they were talking about the trucking industry and how um, truckers are like these companies are begging people to sign up for a trucker uh, to become a to work at their company because there's a deficit of truck truckers who, people who want to become truckers and the turnover rate is like 100% a year. Right. So the the average person will only work 6 to 12 months because they get treated horribly. So anyway, this whole rig up model, I'm I was I'm, I'm I love this model and I was thinking how could I apply this to nurses and trucking the trucking industry. Right. Uh, that's cool. So uh, what else we got? So let me go to a different one. Um, this was kind of cool. So we had talked about in the past how um, there's a- Which one uh, are you on? Uh, th- uh, this one right here. Um, there's a there's a listener for the podcast, uh, this guy named Latana, and he's a, he's a pretty like clever guy. He's, a, he's built a bunch of different things. In fact, this was my only knock on him. I loved his hustle, but then he built like five different products. And I was like, wait, are you just not sticking to any of these? Um, he built the church kind of tipping service that he was excited about that I think we talked about on the podcast. He also built the erotic newsletter and advertised it through the porn sites and got that to being like 5k, 6k a month of revenue around his erotic newsletter. Um, and so he's doing a bunch of things, but he just posted an update, you know, a few months later. We I think we mentioned him four or five months ago, three yeah, months I love ago, him. maybe. And he he was like, by the way, update, I sold it for 75K and I'm I'm out of the erotic newsletter business and I'm using that to fund my other business. Where uh yeah, he so I didn't know he sold it. Awesome to him. Um he uh when he was telling me about this, I was like, dude, fuck your other business. Do this. Yeah, go for this one. Yeah. Um who did he sell it to? Uh, he said he sold it to some private buyer on uh, MicroAcquire, which is like one of these little marketplaces no for shit. buying and selling businesses. Yeah, good for him. And so, and so, yeah, good for him. I just love the little like super simple success story, right? He heard when we were talking about because we talked about um, novelty or the idea around kind of the the soft core porn market for for written fiction, and whether you go like actually into erotica or you just kind of like get close and it's more like Fifty Shades of Grey. Um, so heard that part, heard us talking about newsletters as a simple wedge to start businesses. Um, I don't know if we were the, the main inspiration for it or whatnot, but- we, Oh, definitely. But yeah, we we will say that we were for sure. And um, and yeah, good for him. I love this. He, I love uh, this little business. So this guy, how do you say his name? I think it's Lotana. Lotana. He um, is uh, uh, British, British, right? He lives in England. Yeah. And so he's a black dude who lives in England. So he decided to go after black women, I think, right? Mm-hmm. And so it was for black that women. That was his niche. Black women. And he got traffic from Pornhub. And I think he was charging $50 a month for this newsletter, right? That's right. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, maybe more. Or maybe I forget how much. Like a lot of money. And all See, he did- one thing he's doing a good job of is he's been working in public. So even when he was like, yo... Um, he heard us talking about the digital tithing apps or maybe he sent it in and then we talked about it on the podcast and he's like, I'm going to do this for uh, for the UK. Um, there's no great service doing this in the UK. I'm going to build this. And every week he was posting these videos talking about his progress. And so we saw it. Like both me and you, I remember commented on these because he does a great job of working in public and getting you know energy behind what he's doing. That's crazy. I'm going to write this down. I'm going to tweet at him. Um, um, Shout out to his main company. I think it's called XPO. It's like a marketplace for influencers. So the same it's like way, cameo. I think it's the same way you can buy Facebook ads. You can buy, you can do like branded deals with influencers. I think that's what he's going for in the UK market. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's just cameo. Like, and cameo now does this too, where you just pay 
for a shout out as an influencer um, rather than like a personal video message. Um, and I think, I don't know if he's differentiated it by the European focus or different set of influencers. I'm not sure, but I saw a bunch of like British rappers on his thing and I don't know. Cool. That's crazy. This He's a young guy, I think like 24, right? Uh, I have no idea, but I know in some of his videos, his mom was in there or he was like talking to his mom and I don't know. It's hilarious, but God, shout out to him. That's Good awesome. Stuff. What's, um, and by the way, if you're listening to this, I think everyone should not everyone, a few more people should start this. I think that, I, I genuinely think this this could be as big as Crunchy. What's the thing called? Crunchy. Crunchy Roll. Crunchy Roll, which is like a billion dollar company. I think this could be as big. Uh, yeah, that's actually just a great point. I don't know if this can be as big or not, but regardless, I think you could literally just restart the same business and build like like learn a whole bunch building a hundred thousands of dollars or million dollar business. Uh, if you just focused on this, like I think he did it in his super spare time. And he sold it, but like I think somebody else can just do the next one of this and pick the next niche. Yeah, I'm into that. What's um, let's do a revisit. All, let's do the streaming solution. Okay, so uh, I don't know how long ago now, maybe six seven months ago, I talked about this idea, which was, um, I think there should be an app for company all hands. Yeah. Um, and I said this because you know when we were, I was trying to I was trying to export ideas of or import ideas. So I said I'm at a big company. What are the things I see? What are the problems I see we have? What would we pay for a solution for? And so I felt that company all hands were this like critical moment that happened every single week. Uh, we did a full company all hands plus each individual department did their own all hands like every month or so. And oh, sorry. You really are in the suburbs. Okay, business idea: better doorbells uh, that play not not lame music. Um, okay, so. Uh, so I was thinking, okay, you, this is obviously a critical moment and there's all these things you have to think about, right? Like you don't want other people logging in. So you need like what they call SSO, single the single sign-on service. So only your employees can, can log in to see it. You need the video stream. You need the recording if you, if you missed it. Um, you need a way to do question and answer. And we were stitching together four or five tools. We use StreamShark for the video. We use PollEV for the questions. We use this other thing for the SSO. Like... Um, so at, at that time, I was like, I think we should, I think somebody could build an all hands app uh, or streaming a streaming solution just for this because Zoom is not enough. And I think you could charge companies for this. Now, one thing that's changed is, I don't know if you saw this, but um, there was this big kind of like expose in Verge about the Facebook all hands leaks. Did you see this? Yeah. Well, I didn't, I, I know, I know I didn't read that, but I know it's a problem and it sucks. Because so like you, guy, you can't be like, why would a CEO ever tell the truth to their ex exactly? So uh, a few days ago, Casey Newton, I think is his name. He's he's a writer for The Verge or something like that. Uh, I don't know. Maybe it's not The Verge. Maybe it's not Casey. But whatever. Fuck it. Somebody wrote an article and they said, "Hey, for the last year, I have had basically spies inside Facebook sending me recordings of the all hands. God, that's so stupid. Uh, for the last last six months, and I'm gonna write you know kind of an article. And what he did was he wrote an article about. The things that were being said with audio snippets from Zuck talking at all hands that this person had recorded because now all the all hands are done virtually. So people just record on their computer like we're recording this podcast. And um, and it was all about like, oh, Facebook employees want him to be harder on Trump. And here's his response about why he's not going to do it. Or, you know, doesn't Facebook have an obligation to do this? Or like somebody asked a question in the all hands like, can we just buy an island so we can all just go back to work and just make it a bubble like a bubble island for Facebook? And Zuck's like, well, you know, like, I don't think it would be a great idea for us to just like, you know, 
isolate ourselves from society. I don't think that would be good in the long run, even if we get back to work. But it, like taken out of context, all the things he's saying, you just it's just so easy to paint him as like evil suck. Um, so anyways, that just to me highlights even more. All that's going to happen now is that companies are going to dilute their all hands. They're not going to be transparent. They're going to like corporate you know you know pr pr wash all their their answers in the q a and everybody loses like the ceo has to be stressed about it the employees don't get real answers and uh shit's still probably gonna leak yeah so i think you need to find a a, create the the killer feature now for this is leak proof uh all hands i uh i i i've researched this a bit and let me tell you what i would do but first a funny story about someone i used to talk to my friends at facebook and they Zuck would do an in-person all hands every Friday at like two o'clock and like 50 people or 20 people would show up. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, can you, if you're telling me that I could go talk to John Rockefeller or Andrew Carnegie or something like every Friday, like get your ass to that all hands and ask a question every single week. And then just maybe Zuck will be like, you know, you've been asking a lot of good questions. Talk to me after this. Let's see. Like, you know what I mean? Like that could happen. Right. And apparently like my, my friend made a joke, like, it wasn't a joke. He just told me, he's like, yeah, someone today asked why the men's bathroom don't have tampons. And Mark's reply was like, uh, I can answer that question, but like, are you sure this is how you want to spend your time? Like maybe <laughs> you, the head of HR is over there. Maybe you'd like to talk to her directly. But, and so like people would ask these questions, like, why is there, why is the line for the pizza too long? And uh, it always like baffled me. I'm like, why are you not there every single week talking to this guy? <laughs> anyway, um, I've thought about this. So, Washington Post. When Jeff Bezos bought the Washington Post, he came up with this thing called ARC. Um, it was their publishing system, and a lot of publishers have tried to sell their CMS, and it's mostly a fruitless thing to do. It's pretty stupid. No one does it right. It's hard. It's a hard business. Yada yada yada. Well, they pivoted, and what they're doing is selling to Morgan Stanley and large banks, and they're creating like an internal high school newspaper. So it's like a Morgan Stanley gets like a media or gets like a WordPress that's only for their employees. So like all memos goes on there. Um, all hands would go on there. And I think that's a great idea. And I would model this sort of like a high school newspaper where it makes it easy to like give updates on the whole company very succinctly and easily uh, where you're where you're where you're um, all hands are almost recorded like a podcast and it, they're uploaded very easily on that's what i would do i would make it all i would tr- try to figure out how to make it all very password protected but i think it's a great idea so so we talked a little bit about that i think that's cool i guess the key thing i'm trying to bring up is how do you make sure the shit doesn't leak and, and the way you do that so it's password protected sure but you know your empl- it's employees who are leaking it. it's not an outside person so i think what you have to do is you have to unique watermark every single stream so the, the, what the technology is going to do, let's say it's an all-hands video. It's piping uh, video to every single stream, but there's a sort of invisible watermark or cryptographic hash or something that if this got shared, you'd know who shared it. Um, there's a fingerprint attached to it. And so uh, same thing, you could do the same thing with a memo, which is something that's a digital, only, only it's basically only visible digitally. It's not visible to the human eye, but there's something that if you screenshot this, if you share this, if you record this, um, we will ultimately know who shared it. Um, sounds a little big brothery, but I, I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of on the company side here. I think that totally. it's kind of bullshit that you can't like communicate freely, like a few disgruntled people or bad eggs or people who want fame or whatever it is are going to make it so that companies just be like, all right, fuck it. 
we're just keeping it in the boardroom amongst the five of us. Then you guys get to know nothing. You get to be, you know, worker bees that that don't get involved. With, yeah, with I mean, what's going on at the company. That's what I would do if I was these guys. I'm like, look, I try to be transparent with everyone, but like, you know, you're really screwed up, and you actually hurt yourself if you're an employee who owns shares. Like, it makes us look stupid, and you legitimately are going to lose money by talking about this shit because you make us look dumb because it's not in, it's all out of context, right? And so fuck y'all. Like, I ain't telling you shit. Like when you when <laughs> when you hear about stuff, that's when or you, when everyone else hears about stuff, that's when you're going to hear about stuff. Right. So I'm on. I agree with you, and I think it's an there is an interesting thing to do. And I have seen bigger companies make their own stuff during quarantine. Um, so there are companies who have this need, and like Airbnb has an internal team building something like this. Interesting. Uh, b- building it with the privacy protection, or just like uh, the in, you mean the internal high school newsletter type thing. I would say that like hacking together like tools to make uh like all hands internal comms work all hands specifically all hands easier yeah right uh, that's a good one i'm gonna write something down here you know it's good when i get an idea during the thing i'm like oh i gotta write this down um okay cool so uh what else is interesting well you did most of the heavy lifting this time so let's just keep going down yours okay um let's pick another one okay so a couple cool little things i've been seeing that hard. to me say Ooh, okay this is where the future is going. So um, I'm going to talk about Compose.ai and Synthesia. So what are these? These are two different services that are doing the same thing. I've seen now this week, I've seen maybe five or six of these. um, And I had never heard of this before. And it's almost kind of laughable. So what these are doing is is basically using AI AI to write your messages. So I'll 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 talk about the first one first. So Compose.ai. What Compose.ai is, it says, hey, writing emails is important, but man, it takes, takes time to like write a good email. So here's what you do. You just write, you know, little two word bullet points. So you'll say like bullet point, um, liked the design bullet point. Think we need to uh, just, you know, like, or we need to, we need to work on the polish. Last one. Um, we should talk to Steve. And it takes those three bullet points and it makes a nicely written email that says, Hey Sam, thanks for sending over the designs. I really liked it. Um, I do think we should talk to Steve about whatever. And it auto writes the email out of your bullet points and I thought this was kind of interesting. And oh my god, I'm looking at this. You can see some examples on their website. So, oh, this, I think dude, this, this guy, th- this guy who created it, I knew I recognized it. His name's Phil. I think he's in our my first million group. He's for sure a trend subscriber. His name's Phil. He's a young kid. Like, a, like it looked like a, it looks like a kid. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know this. This is badass. But is this? So this- I think this is something that is awesome and probably exists in the future given how many people I've seen working on this, but um, I bet it sucks out of the box. I bet it like doesn't like you can't actually trust it to write emails. That's kind of my guess. What do you think? Uh, who surely they didn't do the artificial. Is this slapped on top of open AI? It might be. I'm not sure if it's a GPT three or whatever uh, thing or not. It, because if they made that, that seems like incredibly complicated. No. Um, maybe, I don't know. Like it's always surprising to me, like as a non-technical person, it's surprising to me. Like there's some things I'm like, Oh yeah, just make it, um, auto green, auto cut out my background. And then people are like, well, that's, you know, like, that's a bad example. But you know, some people are like, well, that's fucking impossible. You've asked for the impossible. And it's like, then other times they're like, look, we made this thing talk like Obama and you can now make Obama say whatever you want. And it's like, what? How is that possible? It's like, oh yeah, that's actually pretty easy. Just use some open source libraries. And it's like, well, what the, what the fuck's going on? So I'm not technical enough to know what's easy and what's hard. Yeah, that's kind of weird to me. Um, I think that as an email sending tool, it's 
only like a it's like a toy to me like it's only right. okay but like i would love to know what is the technology behind it that is what is most interesting to me to be honest right it's kind of like if you can do this wow what else can you, what else can this do um so then here's the other one so this other one's called synthesia.io and basically you just so there's just like this there's five thumbnails of like you know like Generic looking woman, generic looking man, black man, white, Asian woman, white man, whatever. And you just pick like who you want your character, who do you want to be your talker? And it's like a real human. It's not like an avatar. And then you just write like you just write a script. You're like, you know, my first million is a great podcast because, you know, they brainstorm ideas and it really gets the wheels turning. And you just push enter. And then this like woman who's a real person will then speak this in their voice with their lips moving. And it looks quite real the way that the the demos look at least oh my gosh Um, this is awesome so this is like you want to instead of hiring somebody to do an explainer video for your product or whatever um you just have this like you know ai human um saying your thing on demand i thought this was kind of cool although when i tried it it's like input this we have to approve it so you're not like abusing it and making this person say racist shit and then we'll email you a video in two days so i'm like oh that's kind of lame but i understand uh i don't understand i would say let them do it um that is badass so i when i went to ces two or a year ago um they uh, maybe it was this company but one of them had this thing where they like had people they had like life-size screens and it was a person like a park ranger as if it was like at a Yosemite like explaining you know like how you have park rangers who like tell you like you know this part of the park is closed whatever and it had a park ranger welcoming you to the park and it looked totally real and they said everything everyone on here is made up and that was like the exhibit and it was amazing and I thought that was the most impressive thing so I think this is badass I think this is totally awesome um scary and awesome have you um Sean have you played with OpenAI at all uh, I don't. I know. I don't have access myself, but uh, Furcon and a few friends do, and I've sat with them, and and they've showed me a bunch of demos of what they're working. Okay, on so I won't. It. I won't pull mine up because I I have access too. It is so sick. It is so <laughs> scary. Like, I'll like say like, um, like I'll type like uh, an um, I'll type like a speech. Like I'll I'll type like Donald Trump, or like I'll take quotes from his a speech. Like I'll find a New York Times article written about it. And I'll just find some quotes and I'll just put it in there. And then it like writes a speech that Donald Trump would say, or I'll write like I'll write like a like a manifesto like Hillary Clinton is going to ruin the world. She is evil and women should not be in power. White people are the supreme race. Like I'll write something like that, and it creates like a manifesto about like <laughs> it's like nuts. It's nuts. And it's like, I mean, of course I did that because like everyone's mind goes to evil. Or one time I wrote, um, I went and found the lyrics of California Love, a Tupac song. And I just put like the first like stanza of lyrics. Oh, no, I did it with WAP. You know, WAP? Uh, no, what is that? Is <laughs> it stands for wet. It's, <laughs> yeah. It stands, How does that go again? It stands for wet ass, <laughs> wet ass pussy uh, by Cardi B. <laughs> I took the lyrics of WAP. You've never heard that song, dude. It's the most raunchy <laughs> song ever. And I put, no, but I hope somebody cuts this part and sends this part to Square. Oh my god! <laughs> I took the lyrics of WAP and I put it into the thing, and it auto, and then it like started writing this raunchy rap song about fucking dudes. Um, <laughs> Anyway, it's That's awesome. Hilarious. It's it's just amazing. Sorry, uh, we don't have to talk about what, but 
I mean, it's the name of a song. Like I'm not. It's a name of a song, and I'm just telling but, you what I did. So, so what? What are you doing with it besides you know these you know experiments? Two are you things. Use it. Two things. I would. What, so I did this thing where I found famous advertisements, and I told I wrote an ape open AI. This is a famous advertisement. Uh, about Volkswagen and I have and then I copy and pasted and then I go now this is a famous advertisement about Airtable and it right. and it wrote an ad about Airtable that was very similar to that famous Volkswagen ad do you know what I mean nice was it good it was so good and so I would also do like here are, are 10 viral headlines and Can I would you read it or you don't have it pulled up yeah, I'll pull it up right now here are I would say and I, I would also say like here are uh uh, here are uh, 10, 10 viral headlines. And I would write the first viral headline that I had the idea for. And then it would make nine more that was similar to it. But like, then I'd be like, oh, wow, number eight's way better. Okay, so check it out. Here's exactly what yeah. I told it. Great. So, so same thing as you said. You said, I found a famous Volkswagen ad, told the machine to do it. You put the whole ad in. Great. And it and said, so- uh, the Volkswagen, I won't read the whole thing, but the Volkswagen missed the boat. The chrome strip on the glove compartment is blemish and must be replaced. Every shock, whatever. And it like says about how, um, how, uh, the Volkswagen, there. how what? It's like, it's like about how they look and how they're, they're focused on every little detail. That's kind of what they're trying to say in the ad, right? Yes. And then here's, and then I go air table. And then I said, now here's a great ad about air table. Check it out. Okay. So first, okay. So all you said, so so hold on, go up a little bit. This so is all I said. All you told them about Airtable, you said, here's a great advertisement about Airtable, colon. Now you fill in the rest. So you didn't even tell it what Airtable is. So it goes, Airtable, a new free service for collaboration on spreadsheets. Accurate. But here's the thing. You're working on a spreadsheet. You need to collaborate with someone on the spreadsheet. That's easy, right? Question mark. Just email it to them. The problem is it's a spreadsheet. So you attach it. But what if you need to change it? You need to send an update. What if they need to update it? You need to send another update. But what if you're both working on it at the same time? You have to send an update, an update, an update every single time. No wonder we hate spreadsheets. That's why we created it. What the fuck is going on? Hold on. It's not over. Uh, we took the best of what spreadsheets are good at and combined it with the best of what collaboration tools are good at. And we did it in a way that was so easy. It makes you wonder why you haven't been using spreadsheets for collaboration all along. Airtable is a new free service for collaboration on spreadsheets. What? Yeah. This, this I had to do to many be, of them. Airtable must have taken that must be an actual Airtable ad that they just took off the internet. Is that an actual if if that was created by AI, we're all out of jobs. There's no jobs left. I I have not found it anywhere. Like this is literally a Oh my god. A, this is a copy and paste of what I put into it. Like it's exactly what I put Dude, in. Dude, you know how when a fight breaks out and somebody's like world star, that's what somebody needs to start doing for all these fucking open AI things that are amazing. It's like w- your mind gets blown. That my mind is blown right now. Dude, wh- how- did you not tweet this out and share this? This is crazy. I I didn't want to give it away. I don't know. When I was it, I, my mind was was definitely blown. Um oh like Oh my god. Oh, you look, did a second like, one? I, what is uh, this? Yeah, it's another Hold one. Hold on, we have to do this this one too. This is this is inc- inc- this is the most incredible thing I've ever seen. All right, so is this just you pushed enter again yes. or what happened? I then I okay, wrote so- I go I wrote this is another advertisement for Airtable. Okay. And it starts I mean, here. Can I read this one too? Yeah. Okay, this is a spreadsheet. What do you want to do with your life? Whatever it is, chances are you're not doing it. Why? The problem is you're stuck in a rut. <laughs> okay, this one's a little different. Uh, you have this one thing you want to do, and you're getting a little closer to doing it, but then something happens. You have a good idea, but you have no way of recording it. You have a brilliant plan, but you can't organize it in a way that's useful to you. You're losing out. But if you could make a spreadsheet, you'd be on your way to achieving your goals. 
but you don't have a spreadsheet. You're probably working on a Google spreadsheet and you don't even have that. You're probably working on a Word document or worse, a notepad. We think you deserve better. That's why we created Airtable. It's a spreadsheet that you can organize however you want. You can use it for your side hustle or for your startup. You can use it for keeping track of your book club or your Dungeons and Dragons character. You can use it to plan holidays or plan your funeral. You can use it to build your online store, your tax returns, blah, blah, blah. All right, does a bunch of these. You can use it to keep track of your money or your emotions. You can use it to create a spreadsheet or to create a spreadsheet about spreadsheets. It's the first and only spreadsheet for the rest of us. Now you see how it like... What the fuck? The cadence, it's like... It like it doesn't understand like some stuff like why a funeral like you don't want to play like why you don't plan your funeral yeah. but it stole <laughs> the cadence from the copy that I gave it. Yeah, this is like a great copywriter who like you know is a little too drunk. Yeah, or like a copywriter who's like English as a first, uh, second language. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh my god. It's sick, man. Wow. It's sick. Like, and so what I'll do is I'll say like here are ninety nine headlines that are about to go viral, and then. You could just like, it just makes random stuff. And you'd be like, all right, do that one, do that one, do that Dude, one. We need to do, okay, every open to our podcast should be OpenAI written. And every ad read should be OpenAI written. Like we should do nothing else besides this. They yelled at me. So I tweeted out about it or I put it in the hustle. Like I, I like said, like this was written by OpenAI. And Sam Altman DM'd me and was like, hey, can you please not like tell everyone you're doing this? Uh, we're supposed to do it in a certain way. And so that's why one of the reasons why I haven't done what? it. Um, he said like, um, like there's... Like I see public things all the time. I don't know. He yelled at me. I, I mean, he, was, he didn't yell at me, but he was like, hey, can you please, you know. He calmly DM'd me. Yeah, he, <laughs> he, he figuratively yelled at me. And so I have to figure out how to get around it like, and play within the rules. But uh, they got pissed at me. That's interesting because I've seen tons of people showing demos on Twitter and whatnot. Okay, so we'll figure that out. But but Sam, I have access. You, you just blew my mind. I can't. Uh, there's no other topics. I'm not doing any other topics for the rest of the show. I'm stopping. I'm going to get some water. I'm going to walk around and then I'm going to think about how my life just Yeah, changed. because when I played with that, like it was crazy. Like it, it legitimately, um, like it's one of those few. I, I felt this way when I saw, um, um, when I used uh, VR for the first time. Um, and it, it's nuts. It's like super nuts. When, like when I saw, when, when I got done playing with it, I was like, oh, the world's different now. Like there was a pre, there's going to be a pre open AI world and a post open AI world here. I know that's what I just stepped into the post. That's what just happened. I just walked into the post and now I'm in this other world. Watch. So what do you, what you want me to write like hate speech or like, I mean, that's what everyone does. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Let's, let's not do hate speech. <laughs> but like, that's where your head went. <laughs> well, I automatically think like, how's Russia going to use this? <laughs> Okay, so Sam's right. He's in the OpenAI, what they call the playground, which is just like a text box where you fill in, you te- you give it a prompt or you give it a little bit of a premise and then you can prompt it to like fill in the rest. So he's saying Sean Perry is a podcast has, he's a great dude, pretty funny and has a popular podcast called My First Million, a podcast about business ideas. Uh, here's what he told me about starting a business. Can you make can you make it more specific, uh, like starting uh, like say what type of business like starting a um, a, a, like a a newsletter business or starting uh, a um, business that sells scrubs to nurses. to nurses. Yeah. Okay. Here's what AI AI Sean says. I was working in I was working as a nurse in a hospital in small town Kansas and I would always see these nurses with these scrub tops and pants that had their name on them. It looked like a great 
it looked like a great marketing opportunity. I was sitting on my computer one day and I had a few extra bucks in my checking account. So I decided to do a Google search for scrub tops. I was like, there has to be a lot of money made, money to be made here. This is awesome. I was able to find a company that was not just scrub tops, but scrubs for the whole hospital. And so I thought even better. I was like, I can sell scrubs to the whole hospital. That's amazing. <laughs> it has my like bro idiot cadence down perfect. Um, I started reaching out to different hospitals and clinics in the area. I was able to get the ball rolling. How do you? How did you know oh, you were on? I get it. It's an interview. So it's oh, an interview. It's interviewing it's you. It's interviewing you. Oh, cool. So it says okay. Okay. How did you know? Oh yeah, you do that part. <laughs> so it says, uh, how did you know you were onto something, Sean? Well, I went to a seminar where they were talking about the mind of the buyer. If you could figure out what the buyer wants to hear, you can say whatever you want and they'll believe you. So what I did was I put up a website. I used uh, I used a video on the website and I told the buyer exactly what they wanted to hear. I said, hey, I can't believe it. I just found a company that makes scrubs and scrubs for the whole hospital. <laughs> it really loves this. Like, yeah, so it like hospital. copies. <laughs> right. you, you see, it's kind of, so anyway, it's pretty interesting. But why, this is like where it gets crazy. Like... <laughs> If we don't, Abreu, have you played with this? No, like Sean's reaction was crazy. I should have recorded mine because I've always been like the robots, <laughs> the robots, the fear of the robots and AI. That's Overrated. But I just saw this and it kind of changed me. All right. Read this line, Sean. All right. So he goes, uh, Sam just put in Donald Trump is the best president ever. If we don't elect him again as the president, America is going to die in four years. And then OpenAI fills it in. It is the only hope for America. The world is watching. Nice. Great, great dramatic uh, political speak. America is currently in the midst of a political battle that is seen by the whole world as a proxy war between the liberal democracy and totalitarianism. Okay. In the past 20 years, the world has been, uh, the world has seen the rise in political violence and authoritarianism, especially in the form of China and Russia. The rise of China and Russia has been in part due to a lack of a strong American presence in world affairs. That's going to be said at the debate. America has been at war for 225 years. This does not include many smaller conflicts over the past 227 years. <laughs> Random. So it's, if we don't elect Donald Trump as president, the world will probably end in four years. America will be enslaved under uh, under this regime. This is why I think the two, 2020 election is the most important election in American history. Wow. And it warns us this may contain um, sensitive content, which is true. Let me try one more thing. Uh, you can put a lot. I th- well, no, I think I am limited to two thousand words. But that's a lot, right? That's a huge amount. Like you're probably doing fifty words right now. This whole text box can only contain two thousand words. So watch this. Watch this. Here are t- ninety-nine viral headline ideas. Watch this. Okay, here, here's, okay, so he inputs, here's what happened to your favorite 90s TV star, seven things you didn't know about watermelon, or you won't, parentheses, you won't believe number, oh, that make <laughs> number sense. eight, that's hilarious. <laughs> All right, let's... Number four, yep. Okay, so he gave it two viral clickbaity headlines. Then it gives us the most shocking discovery of the year, 10 things you didn't know about the world's oldest profession, that would work. A shocking reason why you shouldn't eat at this restaurant, that would work. Here's three things you could do with that old cell phone. That would work great. Um, what is another one? The 10 most disturbing sports injuries ever. 10 things you didn't know about beer. The, the five biggest mistakes you can make when you're falling in love. Viral already. Yep. 
It's a, it's great, right? This secret weapon can help you lose five pounds. Done. Clicked. <laughs> wow, dude. This is so good. Yeah, it's amazing. This is so good. Oh, my God. Um, okay, this might be a boring podcast for people to listen to now because I'm just like, you know, reeling from what you just showed me. But, um, okay, I have to get access to this. This is just like Wait, let's a game see if, changer. We'll do one last one. Oh, that's not going to be that good. <laughs> okay, this is kind of funny. So you put in, here are 99 ways to make a million dollars a year. And it goes, number one, write a good book. Number two, write a bad book. Number three, start a blog. Number four, start a blog about cats. Number five, start a blog about hating cats. Number six, start a blog about hating blogs and cats. <laughs> yeah. <I don't> <laughs> <laughs> okay, it's spinning out of control now. Yeah, so you can see it's like not there yet, but it's almost there. Like the bones are there. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Incredible uh, to the geniuses at OpenAI who are working on this, you know, props, props to you. I hope you, hope you listen to this and I hope you give me access tomorrow. I haven't applied yet, but I hope you give me access. All right. This was a good episode, I think. Thank you everyone for listening. Um, by the way, I would, if, if you happen to make it this far, please leave us re- a review. I love reading the reviews because that's like how I understand if we're on the right track or not. Yeah, just call us WAPs in the review. <laughs> <laughs> Have you really not heard that? It's like no. a it's like a cultural phenomenon. It's like a it's like this is like when I discovered thought. Dude, that's crazy. Like, no. You don't know what a WAP is. <laughs> Sarah's laughing <laughs> in the background. Um, it's like it's like number one on Spotify, dude. It's like the music video. It's like the most raunchy video I've ever heard. I don't even listen to music. I listen to like old Warren Buffett, uh, all hands meeting tapes uh, when I'm free. Well, uh, <laughs> I don't know what to say, man. I mean, maybe your wife probably knows what it is, but like, this is like what the kids do. <laughs> uh, excellent. Okay. All right, Sam. I'll see you later. Okay. Bye-bye.